Welcome to the June 28th edition of the PFF Forecast. It is a beautiful summer's day. I think everyone in the world is thinking about uh, anything probably but football, but we are not your average group. Um, and so we're still thinking about it and we're going to talk about it. We've got some great stuff, um, a little conversation, some, some news about Dalvin Cook, some news about if Brad may or may not be breaking some news about who uh, is um, at the heart of this betting uh, scandal that we've heard about um, with NFL players. Um, we'll talk a little bit about um, Devontae Parker going to uh, the Patriots. Does that impact whether Hopkins goes there, a little conversation about roster construction, where you might be able to get away with not having a star. Good conversation there. And then we close out with a golf bet for this weekend because we can't stop betting. You know that. It's going to be a great show. Let's rock. Nothing gives me more excitement, Brad, than talking about running backs and uh, especially ones that are getting signed in mid-June. Um, this feels like uh, like Leonard Fournette all over again. And in the news, it turns out that Leonard Fournette escaped unharmed, thankfully, from a car accident, um, which is good news uh, for a couple of reasons, because um, that's the first time that he's actually broken past contact. Uh, since he signed with the Bucks, so you're just gonna leave that, just dovetail that, just dot 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 that, and ha hand that off to me. I'm glad Letty's okay. Uh, I'm glad he, you know, uh, escaped. A, apparently, his car burst into flames, which is probably a terrifying situation. Um, this and bodes yeah. well. I'm telling you, this bodes well. I'm picking him uh, in fantasy this year. Uh, it, it really does bode well. Um, no, please. I, I apologize for the crappy joke. I just think it was a decent joke. Um, but let's let's focus on the Dalvin Cook stuff. So uh, tell me a little bit more kind of what we know about this situation. It feels like this is all anyone wants to talk about for some unknown reason. Um, but but what do we know about where he might sign? Has he gotten any offers? What's the deal? Yeah. So a report from uh, at Florida Sports Buzz on Twitter. I think his name is Barry Jackson, who who is a legit source, puts out some credible info about the Miami Dolphins, really Miami sports in general, uh, reported that the, the Miami Dolphins have made Dalvin Cook an offer. He's, of course, from South Florida. They do have some guys, obviously drafted Devin A. Chain in the third round, have your two of your favorites in Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. But, you know, I think Dalvin Cook would be a great fit in that offense. Mike McDaniel, similar rushing scheme to Minnesota, yada, yada. Um, but we know, of course, he didn't take that deal. He's mulling over, over other potential offers, probably trying to get more money. Um, but there is one deal on the table to at least help him set an anchor and, and try to get more on top of that. We'll see if that actually works out for him. What do you think that deal was? What do you think that offer was? Yeah, if I had to bet, I think it would be a one-year deal for five and a half, six million dollars. Uh, you, you mentioned Lenny Fournette. You look back historically at you know running back signing in late June, July, uh, you know near training camp, big name profile, high-profile guys that are still you know sub thirty. Cooks twenty-seven. I bet Fournette was about twenty-seven the first time he signed with the Buccaneers. It was a one-year, three point two five million dollar deal, and he wasn't playing at the level Devin Cook was. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about this. Look, Cook's uh, stuff rate of 24% over the last two years is the highest in the NFL. So he does still have explosiveness in him. He's top five in explosive rushes, top 10 in force missed tackles per attempt. But um, you are starting to see him get stopped at the line a decent amount. But nevertheless, still better than what Fournette was doing going into that signing a couple of years ago. It's really interesting because people have brought this up. And it's been mentioned a bunch, you know, that he's struggling to kind of get away from, from contact and particularly against, you know, bigger, stronger uh, athletes. I think that that bodes uh, that that data points to that, um, you know, and the, and the thought is, well, I've gotten this surgery, you know, is it was a rotator cuff um, or labrum or something like that. Um, not a doctor here, but the idea would be an OK, now I'm feeling better. I'm, I'm not I'm you know able to get that uh, get away from that contact. So I guess that's the narrative that, that, that they're spinning. I think it's really interesting that you know the, the dollar figure that you point out because 
the question that everyone keeps wanting to talk about is this is this unfair <laughs> right like our running backs you know you had that saquon barkley kind of passionate monologue about how you know they're just they're making so much less money um, relative to all these other positions you know they're great players that are there and, and they're not making a lot of money um and i'm curious you wrote a great article on pff.com which by the way promo code forecast 25 percent off you're going to want to get it now i promise you just listen to me you're going to want to get that subscription now fantasy season betting season it is coming um it, great article kind of talking about this pausing some questions i guess two-part question what would potentially be done what could be done and do you think this is actually unfair like what what's your kind of personal and, and knowledgeable take on it so i think two reasons why people view it as unfair and their logical rationales is first just the standpoint of we know the position is going to get a ton of touches they might get hit more than any other you know non-trench player in football um and so that obviously is oh that guy should get paid he's getting hit a lot i, I get the, the connection there even if it doesn't make a ton of football sense the second point is and this is how the article kicks off Adrian Peterson signed a contract for over $14 million a year uh, about a dozen years ago. And, and it's basically still like he, he would be the fifth highest paid uh, running back of all time still today. And you look at any other position and, and obviously the highest paid guy in 2011 probably wouldn't be a top 20 highest paid player at their position now. So I think those two endpoints are, are those two points there are why I think we're having this conversation. I, I think it's I mean, fascinating if, if running back was never kind of viewed that highly and, and paid at the top of the market or, you know, ahead of a lot of positions, maybe we don't feel the same way. I think to the point of what can you possibly do? I frankly think the only thing you can do is shorten rookie contracts because the data is out there. It's proven there's going to be a decline at 27, 28 years old, which is the end of a lot of, you know, these rookie deals or a rookie deal plus a fifth year option plus a franchise tag, et cetera, like a Saquon Barkley, for example. Otherwise, I, I don't really see an end in sight. I, I, you know, I think we're approaching an inflection point, but. I think Christian McCaffrey's 16 million a year might stand, it was signed in 2020, might stand for three, four more years as the top contract at the position. Yeah, until inflation gets going. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, doesn't I mean, that's really the only way. Um, I, I think the first point that I would make is I, I think Saquon's doing the right thing by arguing for the position, right? And I think anyone that wants to kind of say, oh, you know, he's wrong, it's like, he should be doing this, okay? He's making a passionate argument. He's doing so on behalf of the players that play his position. And he's not in the space where he can shift positions, right? He can't go play a more valuable position. So I think he's right to do that. But, I mean, I'm a believer in the free market. And I understand that there's a salary cap here. And so, you know, you could make one argument that this, if you got rid of the salary cap, you know, all players would just be making more. But I don't think that changes the dynamics. And, I, you know, the point here is not that running backs are all of a sudden not making a good wage, right? They're making a, a lot of money. The, the thing here is that they're making a lot less relative to other positions that they generally think they're as important as, right? So I'm not actually sure that getting rid of the salary cap helps us. You get rid of the salary cap, Mahomes is going to make a billion dollars and, and, you know, like, you're going to pay Christian McCaffrey, maybe 25 million. Like, okay. Um, you know, you're just redistributing that. So I'm not sure that gets, gets rid of the problem. Curious about the shortening of the rookie contract. So rookie running, rookie running backs are probably as good as they may ever be. Like do you shorten it to one year? <laughs> like, you know, is, is that what you do? So if you make it three years, then in theory, you could extend after two, uh, because obviously you can extend, you know, right now after three. Uh, and I think you just have a couple guys that come in are just awesome right away and just make sure they at least get to that second contract. I think a third contract conversation, I, we're never going to get there, but, but it's more so obviously Dalvin did get paid, but I think the guys right now, like a Josh Jacobs, like a Saquon Barkley, they could just get tagged until their career is over. They were first and third mm. in touches last year. And again, I, I they, yeah, the salary cap thing makes no sense. The biggest position that took a jump with running back going down was right tackle. Like it's, it, it, you know, the, the way mm. resources were allocated were also just dumb by the way. Oh, this tackle position is not important as left tackle. That didn't make any logical sense. So there is like an ebb and flow and, and a balancing of where the money went. It didn't just disappear. But 
But yeah, the shortening is just simply because they can at least get that second payday, and, and that's kind of it's at least something. Yeah. So it's interesting, a conversation about like whether what they're getting paid now is right relative to other players. So if you look at PFF war wins above replacement and, and shout out to the great uh, Eric Eager, who um, built the framework. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's still, I think the, the best metric is it uses PFF grades, but also takes into account positional importance and, and how that contributes to wins. So it's a great way at, at ordering the positions. So I'm just comparing wide receiver and running back because I think that's the most comparable. Um, and uh, Justin Jefferson was worth more than twice as much uh, what Christian McCaffrey was last year, uh, the two most valuable players at each position. Justin Jefferson, 0.7 wins above replacement, Christian McCaffrey, 0.33. And you think about you know that kind of top line for a wide receiver, about 30 mil. You talk about Christian McCaffrey at 16. If you build in the fact that wide receivers are more durable, they're going to have better years in their out years than running backs. I think you could make the exact, I think, argument that you're making, which is you may actually continue to see these go down. Like, I don't think they've equalized. Like, I think you're going to continue to see running back deals diminish relative to other positions because the value is just not there, right? So the idea would be with Justin Jefferson, I can see him you know, or, or maybe take a Devonte Adams or a Tyree Kill because of their age. Like I could expect them to continue that path, maybe even continue to grow in terms of their value, but sustain that value. Whereas with a running back, my confidence in Christian McCaffrey being the most valuable running back next year is is blow. Like you know, um, just because of all the different things that, that can go into it. Would you agree or disagree with that? That um, that kind of there's still room actually to to space these things out. Oh, I, I think you're spot on. I mean, so the, the McCaffrey point is interesting because he is now clearly an inflection point. And, and I raised this in the article as well. If I was Jonathan Taylor's agent, I think the, the last breath I would try to argue with the Indianapolis Colts is quite literally one week to the day before the draft class where Taylor was taken, where the Colts traded up in the second round. McCaffrey gets extended this massive deal. The Colts say, okay, we're going to trade up to go get Jonathan Taylor with plenty other issues on our roster. He comes in has an all pro rushing title season in his second season of his career. Yes. Last year he got hurt, but you know, was still effective when he played. And now I don't think he's even going to Smith sniff $16 million a year. And that's three years ago. So no, I think it's still going to trend downward. You know, I wonder if, if Barkley and, and Jacobs can even get 13, like, can they even hit $13 million a year? I'm not sure. And then you look at the list of guys coming up and it's like, a lot of guys in recent draft classes just haven't exactly panned out and you need that next guy. Like literally like you look at it, I'm like Bijan in three years, if he is what we expect him to be like, might be the next guy uh, that could break through. That's kind of how bleak it looks. If you just go back and look at the classes, obviously what no first running backs last year, the Seahawks then add another second rounder on top of Kenneth Walker, pretty much right away. Brees Hall tears his ACL. The Jets are also apparently in the Dalvin Cook conversation. Like you just go back a couple. There, there, there's not a guy that is of the Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott type status coming up. Ezekiel Elliott, thanks for throwing him in there. Um, that that was definitely definitely a warranted contract extension. It's a very good point. I think we're also trying to to crown. I mean, Saquon had a big injury, right? So as much talent as you think he has, he's not in that class. Dalvin Cook's not in that class. Jonathan Taylor, as good as he is as a runner, he's not nearly as good of a pass catcher as Christian McCaffrey is. And so that's a, a component of this. Um, you know, I'm not sure any of these guys are as good of a runner as Adrian Peterson was, um, you know, when he got that deal. And that was obviously a different NFL. Um, so, so I think it's a good point. Here's my suggestion, Brad. So I don't think you can fight, like trying to fight against the market is a losing proposition. <laughs> I, I think the the answer to this question is to, to, you have a couple of options. One is if you're a running back, you just decide not to play running back, right? Like if that, I think it's going to become, that's what it's going to become right now. You know, a guy like Saquon Barkley plays running back because when he was the most athletic kid on the field growing up, that was where he could have the biggest impact. That's just going to change, right? It's going to be a fundamental shift. But for the running backs that are there right now, I think the biggest opportunity is through marketing and, and, and media. 
because these players are still valuable from a fantasy perspective. You can obviously still bet on them. And there's a, you know, you can leverage your personality, leverage the fact that people who are playing fantasy, you know, need you. I think Austin Eckler is, is starting to do that. And really, you know, that's, I think, that the avenue that you can take. Now, there's just less money for non-quarterback positions in, the, in this avenue, but you're starting to see some wide receivers, you know, get on, um, get more dollars from, from marketing and sponsorship. I think that's the biggest avenue that they have. I think trying to fight against uh, the, the way that, the, that your value relative to the other positions is a losing battle, to be honest. Here's an interesting thought, and I do have a question for you. So the thought is, you know, the league ties jersey sales. Obviously, it is a pool. I think it is spread out to a degree. But obviously, if you sell a bajillion jerseys, you're going to get a much larger share of that pie. What if in the next CBA, which obviously is eternity from now, but it literally had a provision, the amount of bets or the total handle on you, on your props, on like, you know, like you, you actually get like it actually is distributed because that's always going to be the most bet. Um, you know, position group any given Sunday that or even season. Yeah, like maybe that is an actual way, but like you're saying, find other revenue streams that still come from football, but are not, you know, on field NFL contracts. The counter or the question I had for you, because you mentioned this and you love, we all love the aesthetic of an elite running back and just watching that and what mm -hmm. that brings to the game of football. We, you talk about Saquon Barkley, you know, him, that kid coming up now is in the slot or he's playing safety or, or doing whatever. Like, do you think we get to a point where, I don't know, like where we just lose some of the, some of the, just the, the, the beauty of the game. That's a really good question. There's such depth at running back. I think that's the other challenge is you're not going to have five, eight, five, nine wide receivers, yeah. right? I think that's going to be a challenge. I don't know that safety is that, you know, is going to be that premium of a position and maybe we're learning more about it. Corner, you know, potential option. But I think the fact it's almost a science thing. You're going to have guys that are shorter who are agile as hell, who are fast in short distances. Like that, you just have a larger market of. So I think the really elite guys, if you're six feet tall, yeah, go try and play, you know, wide receiver, go try and play quarterback. I, you know, uh, like you think I'm kidding? Like Russell Wilson's been a quarterback, Drew Brees, go try. You know, I think you should try that more frequently. Um, but I think it's a really good point. If you do get that, what I'd be curious about, Brad, is whether the pendulum swings back. Like, do you ever get to a point where there's just not enough talent where there is a huge disparity. And now if you're really elite, you know, people, people are training for you. The other, this is, I'll throw it back to you and we can close out on this conversation, move to the, to the next is just, cause I think your betting idea is phenomenal. And, and I, I think that's the type that that's the answer you know, to be perfectly honest with you, but is there a situation where, so you think about the, the elite running back, right? And it, is there a situation where that elite running back is so much better than the, the other players that position? And then all of a sudden, the NFL starts to change. So right now, it's a passing league. Do, do you think there's a shift at all coming? Like all things, you know, everything's cyclical. Should running backs be patient? Should they look around the corner and go, hey, path that we're going to change rules about passing people are going to get better at stopping the pass the run is going to come back into vogue and i should actually you know continue to focus on being a good runner is that something that you could see happening and then all of a sudden the elite running backs do get paid i think this is a good way to kind of tie a bow on it too so so the answer is like of course we're seeing so many lighter boxes we are seeing environments that are now more friendly to the running game because defenses are obviously predicated on stopping the pass and doing all they can from a personnel standpoint from a alignment standpoint uh to simply to simply do that so the way i said the reason i say it, it ties a bow is you know, the, the Vikings faced the eighth lightest boxes on average in the NFL last year because they had a, you know, a good passing attack and obviously Justin Jefferson, and it still kind of really didn't, you know, matter enough to the extent that Cook could earn a $10.4 million salary at 27. So I almost say like, I, I obviously followed the train of thought. I, I think 
the overall run game will matter, but I still feel like it's going to be the same issue. Is that like, okay, yeah, we want a good run game. We're going to have guards that are, we signed for run blocking, not for mm-hmm. pass pro. We're going to, you know, hire an offensive coordinator, but we're still going to just plug a body in at the running back position itself. I think you're right with one potential exception. So what you, what you're pointing out is that you can't fight the dynamics of the play. Not only have we learned that the run game matters less, but we've talked about this a bunch. How the run game works is also a bigger function of your run blocking than it is the actual talent of your runner. The one thing that I think would be interesting is what about the quarterback position? How does the quarterback position turn into an important running position if that shift changes? And could you now have a guy as a Bijan Robinson, if he could just pass decently, is he so valuable as a quarterback runner, right? That, you know, now it becomes, uh, it becomes that much more valuable and you have that sort of ability to transition. I know we're kind of getting into like Looney Tunes, you know, how like the game is played, but it's interesting. I mean, people 20 years ago would not have, you know, for a second recognized the game that, you know, is being played today or maybe 30 years ago. Um, but I tend to agree with you. I just think the dynamics don't favor it. Um, I know you were just throwing out a random name, but I have to add Bijan is that he was, I think he was a high school quarterback. So maybe that's, so I think he justified the top 10 pick. Uh, he's a lefty too. Uh, and I think a wildcat with him throwing the ball, um, give it to us, Arthur Smith, give, give us what we want. He can't be worse than Desmond Ritter. I mean, the fact I didn't know that I would have been clamoring for Bijan to start at quarterback all that would have been a that's why that pick made sense now you're they, in they See, now you're in yeah there you go brilliant move by by the atlanta falcons and, and wizard beyond light years ahead um uh arthur smith he's been saving kyle pitts for this moment uh he knew better than all of us all right we're gonna we're gonna move on um and uh before we do um look running backs want to extend their life on the uh, on the football field, you want to extend the life of your family and the financial welfare of those you care about off the field. And that's where our good friends at Western and Southern and Gerber Life have your back covered. Look, you want to spend your time. I know Brad and I want to do this. We don't have kids yet, but I can just tell you if and when we are so lucky to have them. Uh, I still don't want to give up my time uh, thinking about football. So I don't want to spend hours and hours figuring out life insurance so that my family can be taken care of. And this is where Gerber Life comes into play. And Fabric, uh, their new app can help you get the insurance that your family needs in like 10 minutes. It's so easy. Fabric by Gerber Life makes this quick, painless, and you get to protect your family with term life insurance so you can focus on football. Fabric was designed by parents or parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable life term insurance in less than 10 minutes. Less than 10 minutes. I would have thought I need to like go talk to someone on the phone. They have a rotary phone. I, you know, I don't know. But apparently it's just that easy. Technology is amazing. So here's how you do it. You go to meet M-E-E-T fabric.com slash forecast. That's M-E-E-T-F-A-B-R-I-C.com slash forecast to get started today. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, uh, let's move on to the next topic, which is uh, wide receiver news for the Patriots. Tell me more. Yep, so the New England Patriots have agreed to an extension with Devontae Parker, uh, the guy they traded for from the Dolphins a couple years ago. Uh, I think he's entering his age 30 season. It was reported as a three-year up to $33 million deal, but I think we have some solid context here. Juju Smith-Schuster's free agent deal was also reported as three years up to 33, and it came in at 25 and a half. Based on the guarantees, I think Parker's deal is actually going to be like three years, 24 uh, is my guess as of right now. I don't think it necessarily impacts DeAndre Hopkins. I think they kind of probably view him more as a Z, keep Parker as the X. People are going to laugh at this, and I get why. He's older. He's, he has injury issues of his own. Go look at some of his stats in our database. Uh, if you want a jump ball, downfield contested catch guy, he still is that. He doesn't drop the ball. He, he is, you know, he's a tight end effectively and, and a red zone target. But nevertheless, 
not not a move I expected necessarily. Look, I projected a lot of extensions. I didn't get around to pro- projecting a, a Devontae Parker extension. I mean, uh, talk to me about things that matter, please. Do you have anything? Do you have any news that matters for for the NFL? Um, yeah. <laughs> look, Devontae Parker. I was part of the Devontae Parker hive when um, when he went to Miami, and, and maybe that's the reason I I think this is like you know who who really cares. Um, but I guess the only, you know, what's interesting is I view him as like, and this is a slight, I think, to DeAndre Hopkins, but like as a super poor man's DeAndre Hopkins, um, you know, in kind of body structure. Now he's more of a downfield guy, but I think that's a function of the fact that he's just not very good. <laughs> like he's one of those guys that's like athletic, but not good. So like, I just run downfield and like, we'll chuck it up to you. But like, we do not want you running like, you know, slants and, and stuff for first downs. Like we'll, we'll check it out to you every once in a while. Um, so I, my take would be that if anything, I don't think this gets in the way. Do you think it gets in the way of DeAndre Hopkins? Like, I feel like Hopkins would be more inclined to join a group that's just better as opposed to being like, oh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go there because of, because of Devontae Parker. No, I don't. They, I think they had no receivers besides you. No, anyway, uh, no, I don't. I don't think it impacts it. I think it's more just keeping a guy around probably lowers his cap hit a little bit, not lowers it so much that it then makes a Hopkins, you know, deal more likely, but no, I don't. I think it is really the Patriots have always been a team of we're going to go quantity kind of over quality. Obviously, they had Randy Moss. They had Gronk, which everyone kind of glosses over. But they've never really viewed receiver as get a number one. I mean, obviously, they've tried. They've drafted a lot of busts um, and give that guy a ton of money. They've always kind of spread it out. And, and historically, it did work. Probably more a function of Tom Brady than anything else. But and the question for you is, in a world where, you know, C.D. Lamb's probably going to get 25 to $30 million, Justin Jefferson yeah, might get 32 33 34 $35 million. Like, do you think, as we're talking about, you know, value and between the two positions, like, do we get to a point where maybe the number one receiver contracts go so high and get so big that it actually can be a, a detriment because then you don't have, you know, we, the value of tertiary receivers. Eric wrote an article about a couple of years ago that, you know, still very relevant. Like, do you think there was an inflection point there and the Patriots are kind of trying to, you know, zag when everyone else is zigging? This is a good question. I think, so who would you point to as a team that like has done this effectively? Yeah. So, so them historically, you know, it's a good question, right? You, you, when you think of like good playoff teams and recent Super Bowl runs, a lot of them had a dog at, at receiver. So, yeah. You, you, do you have any, have any thoughts on top of your head? I mean, I'm just thinking of them for the entire 2010s, you know, and again, the tight end loophole, you know, per se. I mean, the Chiefs, hey, the Chiefs last year, why not? That's, that's the one that I thought you were going to bring up. And, and I don't think it's a fair one for two reasons. Okay. The first is, is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Like if you are just agnostic of positions, picking an alpha receiver, right? Where does Kelsey land on your list? Like, I think it's an interesting question. No, I know. Yeah. I mean, he led the league in yards of the catch last year. So yeah, I I think he's top five, right? Like, and I'm not sure that you're arguing for him at the very top. Like, I think I probably take Jefferson, or chase but then i think once you get to like tyreek hill Devonte adams like that's where I, i'm arguing with kelsey right i think that, you know so top five makes sense okay so they have a top five receiving option <laughs> okay so that does not count right what you're talking about is a is basically what you know mid the the mid wide receiver and tight end core does that group so here's the way i would almost rephrase the question What's the threshold at which you don't need to have a top tier guy? Like if you have two guys that are top 20, if you have three guys that are top 30, right? Like, is there a, is there a, a mix and match that's more effective cost-wise maybe is what you're getting at, right? Because if it's not, it doesn't scale linearly, I don't think, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think like wide receiver contracts scale linearly based on kind of their, their rank, right? So is there an opportunity because wide receivers are getting paid a lot more to increase your efficiency and allocate cash kind of better around it? That I think is a really good question. The second reason that argument doesn't stand is even if you want to say tight end is different, 
And I think we just dispelled that notion. Patrick Mahomes is different. So if you're going to if you're going to accomplish this, you need a guy that is different. Mac Jones, I hate to break it to everybody, is not that guy. Like I would argue Mac Jones requires that type of person yeah. just to be happy. <laughs> so so I I almost I'll throw it back to you. I think the, my initial take is no, like that that premise just does not hold. But could there be a place like not with the Midville Patriots core, but could there be something that is in between that and having a stud that does work? Here's a question I now have or a team I now comes to mind. And obviously they now have Calvin Ridley, but last year's Jacksonville Jaguars, right? And obviously their offense was clunky at times. Yes. Christian Kirk got overpaid, you know, to ask anybody, but you know, him making 18 million a year is not a top 15 contract at the position at this point. Again, they now have Calvin Ridley, but if you have, okay, we're going to have Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, who, yeah, he's solid, but let's, let's not like totally overreact to one good season. I don't think you'd rank him a top five tight end. He's probably a fringe top 10 tight end. Like maybe there are better recent example and, and how high was their ceiling really going to be before adding in a Calvin Ridley? I don't know. I think it's the product of today's game. I think you do sometimes need that bucket, right? The, the, the go-to guy that can just make high leverage plays and big moments that can beat the good NFL teams and, and, and not take over, but you know, just even if they do take attention away, that in itself carries inherent value as well. And, and then, you know, increasing the value of everybody else in the roster. So I don't know as a guy who I've said this on podcast many times, like I grew up like in part fascinated by how the Patriots didn't really spend at receiver and had the best offense, you know, year after year. I think that might be a relic of the, where, where we're at right now. I'm not sure you can get away with that in today's football. So, so actually I think that the, the sneak, not sneak, the, um, the trick there was when you look at, so if, if Travis Kelsey is a top five receiving option, okay. Travis Kelsey is making 14 million a year. Uh, Devontae Adams is making what, 30? Yeah, 28. Yeah. So, yeah. So, sorry, I'm not the I'm not the cap guy here. No, uh, no, Tyreek no. 30. Devontae's yeah. making 20. Yeah. Um, so if you lump all of those together, right, there the scaling becomes, you know, is even more wonky, right? And so let, let's kind of take um, a look at this. So um, this isn't going to work perfectly because the the top paid guys are, don't aren't the top ten most valuable. But like, let's take uh, a Terry McLaurin. So Terry McLaurin is what the tenth highest paid per year. He's at twenty three. You could make an argument he's the tenth best receiver in the league. It might be a little high. Um, let's go like ten more down. You know, it's interesting. Tyler Lockett's making like seventeen. Mike Evans is making sixteen five. You know, even further down to go to our guy, Devontae Parker, he's making, you know, he's, he's making 10 a year, Jacoby Myers 11. Um, uh, so it's an interesting question. I wonder if it's not even about wide receiver. It's about the key is, is getting a great tight end because then you're spending half as much as you need to at wide receiver for that elite guy. And then you can fill them out with the average guys. Um, and, and save cost-wise, as opposed to like your receiving core is actually taking advantage of of players further down the list. You know, that's been a cheat code forever. I mean, like obviously Gronk was the first, but I think even in New Orleans, yes, Marquise Colson's a good player, but like Jimmy Graham was your big, and obviously they didn't even pay him, but like he was your guy, and then you just kind of had some dudes around him, and they still had, you know, crazy offenses. Yeah, like I think, I mean, the tight end thing, 110%. And I don't think that's going to change necessarily soon either. It's obviously not in the same state as the running back market, but you know, Hawkinson, I think should try to top the market this off season. We'll see if he accomplishes that. It is, it is the cheat code. And then I guess the question turns to then, you know, we, we obviously you look back at Kyle Pitts going fourth overall and we, and we make the argument of he becomes one of the highest paid players at the position on draft night. He actually has the most fully guaranteed money in a contract at the position uh, in his rookie deal, which is kind of crazy, but you know, the opportunity cost there is tough and you're taking a cheap position. You're not getting good surplus value relative to the market. But then you kind of counter to that and say, well, yeah, but also if he becomes a dude and I know he gets a lot of shade, we had a thousand yards as a rookie tight end, which is unheard of. Like you could argue, okay, well, yeah, but like we're comparing him to a pseudo hybrid tight end receiver market, even if you don't use full receiver. And then you can argue there is this bigger, you know, surplus value potential that I guess is kind of, you know, we're seeing that play out, you know, with the last couple of drafts. This is a good uh, research topic 
and we talked about underrated wide receivers, but digging into now that we have data on every single route and every single coverage position, we've done some of this uh, analysis, you know, looking at targeted players, right? And, and that's why when you look at war, right, wins above replacement, you get, you know, tight ends earning not quite at that ceiling of, of where wide receivers are at. And I think there's probably more conversation to be had. There's more analysis to be done. Um, a lot of that is because it's easier to win from the slot. It, you know, it's traditionally easier to win at the tight end in line position. And so those, those receptions, even though they're valuable, are just not, you know, quite there. But here's the thing. Travis Kelsey earned 0.69 war last year. I just talked about Justin Jefferson being at 0.71. So that said, you know, it's still a thing. Now, the challenge here is that of the top 10 guys, Travis Kelsey is the only one in the top 10 there, right? Kyle Pitts, not scratching that. Mark Andrews, George Kittle, they're down there in the, in the 10, 15 range. And that's where I think the question shows up is like, if you don't have Travis Kelsey, if you don't have Gronk, does that next guy there, you know, because then it's a scarcity thing. Um, but I think what does come from this is those guys, you know, just as we talked about running back, those guys, in my opinion, should see their contracts increase, uh, you know, pretty substantially relative to the wide receiver position. That would be my take. And, and I think with Kyle Pitts, you know, that analysis, I think, will help shed light. But I think what Travis Kelsey's already done should start proving this point. And I think you could make a case, Brad, that the tight end position We've seen some longevity at that position. Um, and, and, you know, wide receiver, you have it there as well. But the, the tight ends tend to kind of mature a little bit later, it seems. Uh, I think people have studied this as well. If I'm forgetting the names, I apologize. But that's almost a benefit to you because if you draft them highly and they don't quite ascend within their rookie deal, you might be able to avoid paying them that full boat, right? That $30 million a year if they get to that. Uh, until their third contract, <laughs> and then you don't have to pay them at that point. Well, no, for sure. It, it's interesting because there are certainly some, you just think off the top of your head, you know, the Antonio Gates, uh, you know, guys that, that played for a very, very long time at, at a high level, uh, you know, Tony Gonzalez, et cetera, obviously Kelsey right now, but then it's also like Gronk retired his first time at 29 years old, right? And there's like a bunch of dudes that don't make it to the third, you know, age 30. So it, it is kind of an ebb and flow. I think the last piece here, and now we're kind of on a bit of a tangent, but the issue is the league is still very bad at identifying which guys are actually good. Um, you know, so you go into the draft and if you use an early draft pick, like, yeah, Hawkinson is a success story and he's not on the team he got taken by in the same draft class. No offense. His teammate at Iowa is on his second team. Like you continue to go back and look at the top 50 picks at tight end. Travis Kelsey, third rounder, George Kittle, fifth rounder. Like it's, it's, it's not Mark Andrews was the second tight end taken by his own team in that year, uh, about 80 picks after Hayden Hurst. So it's like that, that's kind of, you know, the issue as well, I think is we're not, the league is still not very efficient at identifying who's actually good. Yeah. It's a fantastic point and much better at identifying, you know, wide receivers. Um, yeah. Pretty high. Um, all right. Before we, uh, before we get to the betting, the news, the, the breaking news, um, if you are looking for a way to enjoy this lovely summer and still be involved in football, I would recommend you head over to DraftKings, play a little best ball. Uh, great way to prepare yourself for your redraft league. You draft with people that actually care because best ball is for money and you don't have to manage your team week to week. And if you go to DraftKings, you can get a chance at $10 million in guaranteed cash prizes that are up for grabs with best ball on DraftKings. They've always done a fantastic job of bringing the biggest cash prizes to fantasy, and they're doing it again with best ball. Use promo code PFF. Go to the DraftKings app when you sign up. Get uh, into the DraftKings best ball millionaire contest and snake draft your team for the season. Teams with the most points at the end of the season will have a shot to take home a $1 million top prize. So go use promo code PFF and sign up on the DraftKings app right now you think the off season stinks it does not best ball as you've covered gambling problem call 100 gambler one per customer opt-in required ten dollar entropy bonus issued in 10 dk dollars age and eligibility restrictions apply void where prohibited see draftkings.com slash promotions for details and 7 14 23 that's only a few days away so go make it happen all right more 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 uh nfl players that are getting in trouble for betting on sports we already know Isaiah Rogers um, 
is uh, is one of them. Apparently, there is another. Brad, uh, you have some information on this. Well, there are a handful more coming through. Uh, I think the NFL, one of the most infamous and, and biggest dates of the year is actually the Friday before July 4th news dump. I think it goes Super Bowl, first night of draft, and then the announce the PED suspensions on Friday, you know, July 2nd. I think it's a big date in their calendar. So I think we're going to get that again. Um, I have not got a name. Uh, I haven't got a position or anything. I was told that a, a starting offensive player in the AFC South um, and maybe one tip, I don't know this for a fact, but this team has hosted a, a marquee free agent on offense recently. Maybe that's hmm. a hint. I don't know if it is, but but um, that probably tips you off to who the team is. Uh, and I heard a starting offensive player for that team is going to be one of the guys that is going to get swept up in this. Um, you know, like I said, probably on Friday. I think a lot of people have said, oh, Isaiah Rodgers, if he's the name – then there's not going to be a bigger name than him. I think his story just got out there. I, I think it is one way or the other. It got out there. He obviously then, you know, tweeted out an apology. Look, I think if they, you know, look, if, if, you know, the, whatever, if Justin Jefferson got, got caught, we know about it, but I think there still could be some, some players, some contributors um, caught up in this. And, and yeah, that's, that's the one I've heard uh, that could be maybe the biggest surprise of, of the news dump on Friday. It, so if it's Chiggy Okonkwo, we riot. I I think we just come on the pod and just like like light a fire behind us, get some like cold ones, and just just really talk it out. Yeah. We have to add them on the podcast at that point. I, mean, I feel like we need True. to. We would have to, you know, maybe start a GoFundMe um, forum uh, for our king. Uh, there was a story that came out about a player losing eight million dollars this year betting. Um, you know, that sounds like probably how much Michael Jordan wagers on a random Thursday night, but that could be like a really sizable amount. Um, you know, I, I, hoping that this isn't the case, but like, man, for a lot of NFL players, unless you're a star, like that would be, that would be really tough to handle, right? Like, are we far away from seeing a guy like, you know, go into bankruptcy because of, of betting at this point? That'd be terrible, but like $8 million is a lot. Million in a year, I know we just talked about contracts, dude. Eight million in cash after taxes. There are not a lot of NFL players that have that. Like genuinely, there are not. It's it's not a long list of dudes. I wonder if we ever get the name there. But yeah, it's a guy who's probably on his third contract, and you know, probably looking for a fourth right now. Uh, on that Adrian Peterson diet, try, trying to get a, another deal out there. But yeah, that that's that's a scary scary large number to lose in a single year. A lot. Like you could almost narrow down the players that could afford that, you know, you could do so pretty quickly. Right. Um, yes. There's so many players that like that wouldn't be a really, really dire um, situation, especially because like, if you're making a lot of money, you know, people don't, I, I, maybe most people probably do understand this, but like, if you are, if you're making that much money, your costs are increasing with that, with that, you know, that cash. Right. So it's not like, yeah. You know, it's not like they've got the same budget you and I have and then just get, you know, a, you know, a $52 million check. And it's like, yeah, I'm just going to put all that in the bank. Um, no. So, you know, those watches and cars cost money. They they certainly, certainly do. Um, and, and apparently so do, you know, parlays on college. I mean, it was a March Madness, just a rough opening weekend. I mean, who knows uh, what he was doing there. But yeah, $8 million is a ton. Just tying this in real quick. I'm actually in a lobby for a DraftKings best ball draft right now. So we do we do research for the people. Um, it's eight hours per pick, so I'm not doing it actively. But but anyway, we're it, it's it's good so far. I'm enjoying myself. Slow drafts, they're important. Um, equally as important, it's summer. Okay, look, it's July 4th. So at this point, if you have not heard our call, if you do not have an active uh, participation card for smooth sack summer. You know, it, the time is running out here, but um, let me just uh, public service announcement. If you go and you still have not gotten your Manscaped performance package 4.0, it, it might be too late for July 4th, but there are a few more weekends to be had. Don't waste those. Okay. Get yourself in a good situation um, for those that are coming your way. Um, and dive into Smooth Sack Summer with Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with promo code PFF. 
I use their performance package 4.0. I can attest to it um, that I just got their new beard package or facial hair package. I'm, I'm butchering that, but you get the idea. And it is really solid, really quality stuff. Um, the, the beard trimmer, I, I had a, an old one. I got rid of it. I liked it a lot. I got rid of it because this one has such fine precision in terms of how you can adjust the settings. Got to, with, without putting like 40 clips on, you know, it's like, yeah, I got to take this one off, put this one on. You don't have to do any of that. Um, great piece of machinery. So I highly recommend it. I use the product. Um, look at Brad's facial hair. I mean, you think you're getting that without, look at that. It's impressive. Yeah, said. Um, yeah. So you can travel with them. The batteries last forever. That's a huge thing as well. You don't have to carry, you know, 15 cords with you. So I think hopefully if you don't get it at this point, then you may never. Uh, and that sucks for you. Um, go to manscaped.com, promo code PFF and get 20% plus free shipping off the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. I should, I should call out really great. And as well, the, um, uh, the, the beard trimmer, um, which comes with a whole host of things. It's, it's fantastic. It's like, you know, a whole box with salvos and beard oils and uh, they even give you scissors to like trim the hair in your nose. So, uh, you, you'll be in good shape. Um, okay. That had to be one of the best reads, but I was, was passionate, Brad. I feel like you could really, you know, sense the, the love of the product that I have. I think listening, we're opening up a tab. Like that was really just from the heart. Mm -hmm. yeah well you know look that's what being a, a member of smooth sack summer does for someone right it's it's yeah it's compelling stuff um all right uh we're gonna close out with this there is a sport that's being played that we like to bet on it is golf shout out to data golf by the way fantastic place to get great data and analysis on the game of golf we had keegan bradley run away uh with the uh the tournament last week i think um, you know, some of the players that we had discussed, um, you know, could have uh, had a chance, um, but uh, but we're on to next week. So talk to us a little bit about the upcoming PGA Tour slate. Yeah, no, constant learning. It was not our best week last week. I think, honestly, for the most part, we've given out some quality bets, obviously not always winning. But if you took our names, top 20, top 10, I think you've probably won a good chunk of money. I know our matchups are, are positive on the year. So. We are learning, though. Look, we, we are admittedly somewhat new to this. I think the biggest thing that I had to kind of sit back and say, all right, we're not betting majors every time. The fields are different. The courses are different. What matters is is very different. Um, And this week is like last week, where I think the winner might be 20 under or better uh, at the, the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. I mean, the last couple of winners are some long shots, and they're all around 20 under or better. Uh, they're going to tear this course up. So. What matters here at this course is accuracy off the tee and, and then approach from 50 to 150 yards. Data Golf splits those two things up. And we want one pick we like here. It is Christian Kirk, our guy, Christian Kirk, who we've bet on before, uh -oh. who's actually done well for us. Uh, I think in two different majors, yes. we took him top. Tw yeah. Yeah. He's been a good guy for us. So he is 60 to one on Caesars to win this tournament. He has the best strokes gained on the PGA Tour on approach shots from 100 to 150 yards this year. Uh, he also very good out of the rough from 100 to or from under 150, um, and is a, and is a fairly accurate driver and doesn't lose distance. He's not a bomber, but does not necessarily lose distance off the tee. And, and he's just been playing very good golf. He is a guy that can go low. He's he showed up in a lot of these top tens, top twenties, and you go look at the recent winners of this tournament. Tony Fino, obviously a very good player, won last year. Um, but, but Cameron Davis was 125 to one the year before that. Like it's it's not a great field, and, and I think a guy can just get hot. The putter gets hot, and he can run away with this thing. So we like Christian Kirk 60 to one on Caesars to win the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit, Michigan. God, that's beautiful. I'm all in. I mean, I, I just remember Christian Kirk getting it done for us um, in in big games for the Jags, and uh, I think he's an underrated. It's weird to say this because he got such a big contract, but like contract aside, I think he's an underrated player um, in, in the NFL. Um, contract included, he's probably overrated. But uh, Christian Kerr, our guy, 61. I'm going to bet him. So what what is he top five, top 10, top 20? Because I think that's important. You got to spread out across those. You don't want a guy to play well, not win, and then be kind of left holding the bag. That's very fair. Fill the fill the air for twenty more seconds, and I will gladly tell you what he is: top five, top ten, and top twenty. Do you want another manscape 
read. I don't know how much more I can uh, talk about this. I, I'm going to a place this weekend that the temperature is going to get to 110. And I have zero worries. I'm not worried at all because I've, I'm a, I've gotten the Manscaped stuff uh, in, in tow. And so I'm not going to be carrying any extra, um, you know, warmth in the desert. There you go. All right, here we go. So top 20 for our guy, Christian <laughs> Kirk. Oh, yeah, smooth, smooth, smooth. That transition was smoother than I, your sack. Uh, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, have I talked about that yet? Yeah, yeah. Just, just, you can't teach that, folks. That's just, you're just born with that or you're not. So uh, top 20 is all they have right now on DraftKings. He is plus 230. So I'd imagine top 10, you're looking at five to one. Um, and top five, you know, I mean, you're looking at over 10 to one, probably 15, 20 to one range. But honestly, top 20 plus 230 on DraftKings, I, I like a good bit as well. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I didn't even mention this at the top, but uh, I'll mention it now for those of you that are still listening. We love you. Appreciate you. If you haven't joined the Printing Press Discord, it is the place to, it is a, a great betting community. Join over a thousand of our friends who love betting and we have crushed it this year. I mean, they, that group is super intelligent, not just Brad, Judah, Arjun, Ben, the whole group, but a lot of others that are in there that are giving out great information. So it's a, I think, frankly, better than even the podcast way of, of, of making sure that you get the right information to bet because it's, it's in real time. Uh, and when the NFL season get, comes around, it is a fantastic place to be prepared for every single game. So go join it. The link is in the description uh, in the YouTube. Uh, join the new YouTube channel if you have not already, as well as the tweets that we send out. So uh, we love you all. We appreciate you. We'll see you next uh, Sunday, I guess. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll let people know when we're recording this weekend with the July 4th holiday. Peace out. Thank you.